You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and this episode is brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We're also presented to you on Blue Wire Podcasts and by Liquid Death. It's time to get into the Raiders Steelers matchup coming up here Saturday, December 24th. It's still weird to say that Saturday, but it will be the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception game. And so many celebrations were planned, as everybody knew. But unfortunately, Franco Harris, the running back who scored the game winning touchdown in the Immaculate Reception play, passed away at the age of 72 on Wednesday. As soon as I had woke up on Wednesday, I check Twitter. And when I saw that, I was a little bit in disbelief. And it was one of those things that you always have to check. You always check whenever you see it on Twitter, because you just don't know the source and where something came from. And sure enough, I had tweeted out about it uh, after looking at some reputable sources that I knew posting the news. And I saw that um, in my own feed, I had a video from Phil Villabiano, the Raiders linebacker who was involved in the game and on the play. And I shared the video of him inducting Franco Harris into the black hole from the last game played in Oakland. And that video had been sent to me about five days prior to Franco's passing. And I had actually requested an interview with uh, Phil Villapiano from the Raiders this week. And uh, unfortunately, he had been tied up and he was going to actually make the trek to Pittsburgh to be with Franco Harris. And he was expected to land there on Wednesday evening and they were planning a whole week of festivities including being out in the actual spot where the play happened which used to be part of the three river stadium that no longer exists so they were going to have a ceremony there they were going to retire franco's number at halftime there's still i'm sure all of those things happening but it's just life's moments sometimes you just don't know when things are going to change. And I listened to an interview with Terry Bradshaw in the morning as I headed in to do my radio show for the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. And in that time, I heard Terry Bradshaw talking about how he remembered the play and how he remembered Franco Harris. And the interview was on the NFL Network's Good Morning Football show. And he had talked about just the personality and the man that Franco Harris was, saying that he was somebody that was the ultimate team player that just had this aura about him and (laughs) brought so much joy to the team in the locker room and quite an ambassador as well for Pennsylvania, being that he was a Penn State alum. So uh, as we started going through the day, I was able to speak with multiple Raiders about the passing of Franco Harris, what it means to them to go into Pittsburgh to play on such a monumental occasion for football. It's one of those plays that when you look at it, and of course the Raiders were involved, that always kind of changes things for the future and how things are done. Like if the ball hadn't touched, you know, Jack Tatum or did it touch Jack Tatum, there's new video evidence that's surfacing and there's a 15 minute, 30 second video that you can watch um, that came out about that 
And I was also able to speak with Levi Edwards, the digital reporter for Raiders.com. Today, he and I spoke in the locker room. The Raiders have put out quite a bit of information about the play and spoke with multiple players involved in the play about their thoughts and how they remembered it. So first, let's go over and speak with Levi Edwards about the play. Levi, if you could just kind of give me a minute about what this uh, game, the Immaculate Reception, the anniversary means to the Raiders franchise. Well, it, re- it means a lot just because uh, it's a very infamous call. It's either, you know, something that's, you know, depending on which side of the coin you look at it, it's either one of the greatest plays of all time or it's one of the most infamous controversial plays of all time. And so uh, it's one of those things that will it'll, it'll never be forgotten throughout the annals of NFL history. And, you know, Franco Harris, not only, you know, did he make a did he make the play, he was a great player, and, and he pushed the, the, the Raiders organization uh, to be at their best, and that whole Steelers teams, you know, and the, that rivalry pushed the Raiders to to be at their best, to where they finally culminated in winning that first Super Bowl. So, you know, you can't talk about the history of the Raiders and, and the greatness of the Raiders without mentioning Franco Harris and, and those Steelers teams in the way that they pushed them to be great. All of the articles that the Raiders Digital has put out, there's one that recounts like the whole history from different players that were involved, um, from Frenchy Fuqua to uh, I think Terry Bradshaw's quoted in it, and of course, um, you know Tatum, so uh, Filipiano as well. Just what, what can you say how like the history with the Raiders and the alumni? Like, what do you think this has meant to those that were involved and how they remember it? Well, I think it's great, and uh, shout out to, to Rachel Gosson, who's our uh, you know who's our digital editor. She did a great job on working up the story for the the oral history of it. So I'm gonna give you know a shout out to her, huge credit. Um, but for the players, I mean, it's kind of a mixture of so many different emotions because it, it takes them back to that time, and it's something that you know Mike Madden said it you know you know with his father. Uh, it, you know, from 50 seconds after the game until 50 years after the game, it still affected him, and it was still something he never got over. So for those players to go back over through the game is something that, you know, despite all these years later, you see how sharply they remember it, and they you see how passionate they still are about it, and that really just shows how 50 years later how impactful the play is on NFL history for these people to recall it as vividly as they are throughout all the life that's been lived. So it's really cool to see them get back together and talk about it, and I know that you know, even though it's so far gone after it happened, it's still a lot of emotions and a lot of you know bitterness around the situation, or a lot of a lot of sweetness around the situation, depending on which side you're looking at it from. Something I wanted to say about the Terry Bradshaw interview I heard was like how he talked about he just threw it to a black jersey on the field and he didn't even know where the ball was and he was down on the ground, he said, and that when he was down, he heard everybody just screaming and losing their mind in the audience and the crowd that was there so he thought you know that they had obviously just scored a touchdown that the pass was successful in uh, his initial throw he didn't realize everything that had happened to get the game-winning touchdown from Franco Harris so he said that he thought he was going to get a $30,000 endorsement (laughs) for a commercial or something and he was thinking about all the endorsements while he was down and then when he got up and he heard what happened and he saw Franco in the end zone celebrating he thought well there goes my endorsements (laughs) Franco will get all of the appreciation now for that so I thought that was a nice uh, interesting little part of the story and he says that every time he tells the story he adds different parts to it to kind of remember it just a little bit more 
Also, I'd like to throw it over now to head coach Josh McDaniels for the Raiders, who spoke about Franco in his opening statement in his press conference today. Good morning. Um, before I start, obviously, um, heard the news of Franco Harris's passing, and I think uh, appropriate for um, our entire organization to send condolences to uh, Dana, his wife, and the Harris family, and the entire Pittsburgh organization. Um, he obviously was a an iconic player, um, Hall of Fame player, and a great ambassador for our game in the league. And um, you know, we know what this weekend, you know, is is um, you know the anniversary of, and and obviously he played a significant role in the immaculate reception and and all that. So um, just wanted to make sure we pass along our condolences um, on on Franco's passing. Um, uh, you know, onto the Steelers, obviously. This is a uh, it's a really tough football team. Um, you know, Mike does a, has done a tremendous job for a long time. Um, have a great deal of respect for the way they play, um, how hard they compete, how well prepared they are. Um, you know, physical group on all on all three phases. Um, it's going to be a big challenge in that regard. Um, you know, they do a really good job. Last week was a great example of it. You know, controlling the entire game. You know, run the ball well. Every third down's third and short. Uh, they're their best team in the league and third and one, fourth and one by far, not even close to the next, you know, best team. Um, you know, defense, very you know, stingy against the running game. Uh, do a good job of, um, you know, taking advantage of offensive mistakes, uh, turning the ball over and then giving their offense a short field. Uh, got a good return game. Uh, the kicker's very good. Uh, so uh, this is a, uh, a team that's obviously, it's been in a lot of close games, very similar to us. Um, you know, that has a lot to play for, and uh, this will be a big challenge on the road, and it's always a great atmosphere there. Uh, played there a number of times, and uh, this this should be a fun, a fun atmosphere to play and compete in. So get ready for Steelers. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. 
Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Now I want to deliver some interviews that I had today with Raiders players. I spoke with Darren Waller about the Immaculate Reception, so you'll hear from him first. Then I spoke with Deron Harmon about the anniversary of this game and all of it means. And lastly, Max Crosby. So here you go with these interviews from the locker room today, starting off again with Darren Waller, then Deron Harmon, and then Max Crosby. It's probably like one of the craziest probably the craziest play to ever happen in NFL history, like probably not even close. I remember I used to watch a lot of NFL films when I was a kid, so I remember uh, that game and that play. So um, There's the passing of Franco Harris just uh, this morning, early today, and I just wanted to ask you like what the thoughts have been from throughout the team franchise. Has that resonated? Um, yeah, I mean like I said for me, like being somebody that watched NFL films growing up, I mean I knew what um, the Steelers meant uh, to the league. Um, to their fan base, just to like football history overall and how important uh, Franco was to that team. And then all the stuff he was able to do off the field um, for the game, uh, I know how important that is and a lot of guys uh, around here recognize and respect that. It's Deron Harmon, Raiders safety. Uh, what is your recollection and you know just what you've seen throughout history with the immaculate reception play and what that has meant to football and the Raiders? Uh, well, the thing that I remember is just, it was like, what, the end of the game? Uh, who was the quarterback? Was it Terry Bradshaw? Terry Bradshaw is the quarterback. He throws it, gets broken up, then out of nowhere, here comes Franco Harris, makes a great catch. Everybody kind of thinks the game's over, and, you know, he takes off and he scores. And obviously, you know, that's uh, just a, a tremendous play, a play that has been talked about, you know, for over 50 years. And, you know, now it's going to be, you know, celebrated, and it's unfortunate that. Obviously, Mr. Harris has passed away um, because he won't be able to be there. But um, he has meant a lot, not only to the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers organization, but to the entire NFL community. So condolences to uh, his family. Does it have any a kind of special meaning for you now, putting on silver and black, going out there in the field? I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same fields, not the same stadium, but going out to play in the 50th anniversary game of this? Oh, without a doubt, because it's history. At the end of the day, anytime you can be a part of history, um, anytime you can be a part of a, you know, a game where uh, a play was made 50 years ago and you know trying to bring it all back together today, I mean, it's a blessing. And then as a defensive player, right, you see the play, Jack Tatum's hit off of Frenchie Fuqua when the ball you know, comes out his direction and then the ensuing like, thoughts of Philip Villapiano or if he had just gone down, you know, it would have been, you know what, what do you think as a defensive player goes through the minds of guys in a moment like that? <laughs> so much. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we talk about split, split uh, decisions, split-second decisions, so I think – at the time, you know, you think about, yeah, maybe just knock it down and do this. But, I mean, at that time, you know, he felt like that was the best thing to do. And the thing about football, sometimes you just got to just live with whatever you uh, did and just learn from it. I'm pretty sure he never made that mistake again. Right, <laughs> right, right. And then there's obviously a passing of Franco Harris and, you know, there's the player that he was. Like, as the running back position has even developed, you know, I mean, just he was iconic in what he did, not just for the city, but being a Penn State player and all. Like, what uh, to you like, has the organization, what's resonated about Franco Harris with this organization? Uh, well, I would say just um, his ability to, you know, be exceptional at every level. You talk about how good he was at Penn State, how good he was, you know, at the Steelers, and just 
his level of uh, play over that time. You're talking about over 12,000 yards of rushing, you know, in the air. That was very, very physical, you know, didn't have all of the recovery and uh, modalities that we have now. And so to see what he was able to do over that long period of time, keep his body fresh, running the ball, running the ball hard. I mean, it shows the type of player that he was. Yeah, you know, I got one last question, yeah. just based off something you just said, uh -huh. the technology aspect of it all. If it was now, with all the camera angles that they have on the plate, you think that outcome might have been any different or like would it even be just undissected like yeah. so much I think it would have been dissected yeah. way different you know and especially you know yeah. with the the social media world that we have it would have been the memes everywhere you know everybody saying what they would have done and what they wouldn't have done so I mean that's just the era that we're living in right now thank you so much no for the time what does it mean for you to be able to play in kind of the anniversary of the immaculate reception game yeah you know it's legendary you know I'm a big football um, big football fan since I was a child and uh, you know as I grew up you know coaches like coach Marinelli you know he's the dude would give me books about you know the 1930s on the football you know just crazy things like from when football first started and all the all the history of the game and um, you know I'm, I'm a football historian at heart and I love you know the history of this league so yeah it's incredible you know Raiders Steelers playing in the cold uh, you can't you can't get any better than that. So uh, we're definitely fired up. From the history aspect of it, I mean, the rules change now. But if the ball had hit, you know, the offense player, then it wouldn't have been what it was. The the actual play of the uh, immaculate reception, it would have been a dead play. But now it's yeah. different rules. So just uh, as a defensive player, when you see something like that as a play, how Tatum put the hit on him, you know, like, yeah. do you get a little extra psyched over like the history aspect of it? Yeah, you know, there's people that. You know, obviously people still talk about it to this day. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, the rule is obviously different back then. But, you know, the thing that bothers me the most is that nobody ever shows him actually catch the ball. Because a lot of people say it hit the ground. Some people say it didn't. And you literally, at every single angle, it never shows the, him actually catch the ball. It's always, like, right above it. I'm like, it drives me nuts. But I watched the special last night on YouTube and everything. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, it's it, this game is, you know, there's been so many pioneers and legends in this game. And, uh, you know, this this rivalry, it's, uh, it goes back ages. So, you know, it's it's exciting. Is that history, was it like as soon as you were drafted here, you wanted to brush up on that Raiders history? Or is it just more over the years it means more and more to you and you want to brush up on stuff like that? Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've always been into, you know, the history of the game. But I think Coach Marinelli really opened my eyes as far as really digging deep into the game and how, like, the game started spreading out. Like, as early on, they were running wedge, and, like, literally people were dying, and they were going to <laughs> they were going to stop football. They were going to cancel it. So it's like, you know, it's crazy. But he she showed me from all the way back then to, like, now. So, yeah, I really, once he came, like, he started giving me stuff all the time to read and uh, just truly appreciate, you know, the game because it is a game at the end of the day, and there's the history is deep. And, uh, you know, I appreciate every part of it because, you know, this is the game has given me everything in my life. So, uh, you know, I, it's you got to do your research. And like you said, you know, once I got on the Raiders, I wanted to definitely, you know, dig a little bit more deep because, you know, people don't play about Raiders history. You know, you got to know, you know, you got to know all the details and uh, the true history of it. And, uh, you know, that's something I definitely, you know, dig into. Yeah, you said you never see the, um, the pickup from Franco, yeah. right? When you think about today's technology and everything, do you think like if there had been more angles that it would almost in some sense kind of like take away the human element of, what would happen in that play like the moment if you know what I mean yeah for sure you know they don't nowadays you can't get away with anything you know the replay right. people people almost don't like the replay because you could have something that looks like a catch in real time but then you slow it down and the ball's moving a little bit and they don't call it a completion so yeah you know obviously I feel like 
it was a different time, so it was what it was, and it's a part of history for a reason. So, Kyle, get away from me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's legendary. In addition to all of those three interviews I got, I also was able to speak with Mac Hollins. Did you know that Mac Hollins has family in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania and that had been at that game? He's going to be playing with a lot of his family members at the game and spoke about that with me, as well as some of the rabbit holes he's gone down with YouTube. About the uh, Immaculate Reception game? Yeah. What does that mean to play in kind of a historical game, 50th anniversary and all? Yeah, it's pretty big. So my, uh, so my grandfather actually was at that game. He's a, he, he was born, he's born and raised in Pittsburgh. My mom's side of the family is from Pittsburgh. So I have a whole bunch of people at this game. Um, but he was there live watching the game. Um, uh, so it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, 50 years later, his grandson's playing in the game uh, against the Steelers and you know, all this stuff that's going on. I know they have a big, big ceremony and condolences to uh, Franco Harris's family and all that. Um, it's really unfortunate, but it's pretty, it's pretty wild that 50 years later I'm playing in a game that he, he watched a lot. What was his recollections of the game? Did he share that with you? Um, yeah, I mean, he, there, so I grew up, I guess, kind of a Steelers fan. Um, but Pittsburgh is like, they're big, they're big, big fans. So, like, he always talks about, because, you know, they have all their little, mis or the videos, oh, it touched the ground, it's this and that. And, he, and he's like, no, nah, I was there. Everybody has their, their story. It's like fishermen. The, the fish is always way bigger. and The, the game was that much crazier, and every year he, we talk about it, it gets a little crazier. But, uh, yeah, it's, pretty, it's just it's, it's funny how life can, can come full circle sometimes. And, what was your recollection of Franco Harris? I mean, if not, you know, just memories, things yeah. that you'd seen on tape afterward or whatever you had researched, Yeah, I think especially every, being a Penn State guy that yeah, he was. Everything I, I saw was really just uh, – that I saw in highlights and stuff, and then my, my mom would always talk about them. And because she's obviously she grew up and football was everything people did, and so she she was a huge huge Steelers fan, and she would talk about all those guys and how great their 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 team was. Because you know they were winning, winning a bunch of Super Bowls back then, and they they loved it. So I kind of was able to see highlights more than more than anything, whether on YouTube or because when I was a kid, I used to just go down to YouTube rabbit holes of all types of different players and all of a sudden I'm you know I'm there for three hours and I'm like this is what am I doing um, so yeah it was, it, it was cool to be able to watch that type of stuff and obviously the game was completely different than what it is now but it was still really cool to just see those players and now I, you know I'm in the NFL and I, I, I meet some of these guys that I used to watch on YouTube and it's like oh wow here you are and it seemed so far away when I was young um, and now I'm here. You know, just talking about family and being there, does that add more pressure when you have a whole bunch of family members kind of watching coming to the game? Uh, no, not really. I could care less if anybody's there. Uh, I, I, I like that they get together because they like they enjoy it. And it's, this is an opportunity for the family to come together and stuff. But uh, for me, it's like I just play ball. I don't really care who, who's, there, who's there watching. How do you split up everything that you've done? I kind of I heard I think the tail end of that answer that you know you're, you're down in punts at the one you know you're catching balls, you're scoring touchdowns, all the things that you've done, special teams, etc. You know how do you try to like just train for all of that daily to like keep everything straight playbook wise? Yeah. Uh, it just kind of comes with the the business, I guess. Like when I'm at practice, I try to treat it as much like a game as I can. Like at least when I'm out there each rep, and it's hard. I can't say that every rep I'm out there at practice is perfect or game-like. Um, but the closer I can get to that, the easier it'll come on game day. Where you know I can go run route, run route, run route. All right, now I'm at gunner. Now I'm at kickoff, kick return, or now I'm doing this. 
um, and I'm able to switch the mindset. But really, I'm just remembering, hey, like, play hard, play hard, play hard. Uh, and if you can do that, kind of the other stuff becomes easier. You're almost a metaphor of the Mac Holland's mile, your own, your yeah, own mile. You know, the, the things I create, you, you are what you create. You know, I guess, uh, yeah, so I guess I am the, a walking Mac Holland's mile. I just had one follow-up yep. from listening to you. Which, uh, which player do you think you spent the most time going down the YouTube rabbit hole against the YouTube? Um, so when I was young, I was, I was a running back. So I used to watch, like, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, stuff yeah. a lot. Um, but then when I was young, I used to watch uh, O.J. Simpson stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, like, I wore number 32. Um, not knowing anything about O.J. Simpson, just right. knew that he was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I used to watch just running back highlights, and I used to think it was the coolest thing yeah. Um, yeah. to watch these guys, like, just breaking tackles. And I'm like, these guys never get tackled. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, this was when I was probably 9, 10, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, watching this stuff. And I think I even would watch them on, like, VHS yeah. Um, yeah. with, like, old NFL films that my dad would get from somebody and, yeah. and watch it. And I thought, And I would just watch it over and over. And, right. Stop it, rewind, because it rewinds faster on VHS. So you stop it. Yeah, yeah. I was, listen, I had it down. I had it down. I was just watching and watching and watching. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the running back stuff. Like, I lived, cool. like Eric Dickerson stuff, like him yeah. running people over. Yeah. And I used to love that. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't even – I don't think I watched receiver stuff okay, until gotcha. I got to like, college. That'll do it for this episode today. Don't forget to check out everything that we put up on VegasNation.com. Right now, the Vegas Nation Blitz is up that recaps the Raiders' Sin City Miracle that took place at Allegiant Stadium. Their big win over the New England Patriots with Chandler Jones scoring his walk-off touchdown. And in addition to that, on Friday, we will have our game day episode that features all of our many writers and hosts that come to do everything and coverage from betting to columns and much more for the Las Vegas Review Journal and all of our podcasts three times a week. And we will have a post-game edition as well for you from Pittsburgh. So have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thank you so much for listening. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.